Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories so military spouses can continue to make confident and informed decisions for their families. Because, let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, a veteran spouse, and your host for today's show. Let's get started. everyone. Welcome back. Before we dive into our wonderful interview today, I have a couple of updates for you. First and foremost, uh, we as a nation are all uh, experiencing this COVID-19 pandemic together. And so I thought that I would take this time to thank all of our essential workers that are still out there um, in the front lines, making us feel safe at home. This is including but not limited to the truck drivers, the nurses and doctors, factory workers, farmers, teachers, mental health and social workers, journalists, janitors, and garbage collectors. Thank you so much for that since we're all at home. (laughs) Scientists and lab techs, airline and airport staff, pharmacists, caregivers, animal fosters. I just recently read an article that a lot of the pet adoption agencies are being emptied out because people are adopting uh, pets at this time. So shout out to our animal fosterers and, you know, pet adoption places, grocery store workers, delivery employees, and of course, to our military families and service members that are still out there fighting the good fight and making our nation feel safe. Secondly, Holding Down the Four is brought to you by U.S. Vet Wealth. While most financial advisors help you plan for retirement, we help you plan for who you want to become. And during this time where a lot of us are practicing social distancing and are maybe struggling in isolation or really craving a sense of community, we wanted to offer all of you free action classes that you can check out at usvetwealth.com. These are educational and networking webinars where you can just jump in, learn something new with us, In these new free action classes, we will be learning from the best-selling authors covering topics anywhere from identity, self-development, and financial control. So some of the books that uh, we really like, for example, are The Four Agreements, Start With Why, The New Social Learning, and Principles, and so many more. So if you are looking for a sense of community, um, you don't have to come and learn. You could just hang out. Uh, we are offering these free action classes for anyone to join virtually. And you can learn more about that at usvetwealth.com. I hope that you'll take the opportunity to connect with us. It's a great way to connect with myself because, yes, I'm hungry for community as well. And you'll also get to meet my husband as well, Scott R. Tucker, who is the founder and, and CEO of US Vet Wealth. Last but not least, I just want to do one more shameless plug for people that are looking for another podcast to listen to because during these interesting times, so many of us have finally had the time, fortunately, to pursue your passion, start a podcast show. And so uh, my husband has actually started a new podcast show as well. And so what I'm going to do is just play the intro for you right now. And if you like it, highly recommend that you check out Wealth and Liberty online. It's available now. We have our first, at the time of this recording, we have the first five episodes available. And uh, yeah, hopefully this gives you another uh, podcast show to listen to um, or be inspired by to start your own podcast. All right, enjoy. We've been told this story that if you check all the boxes, if you do all these great things, then you will be happy. But 
Why do so many of us still feel unfulfilled? Welcome to Wealth and Liberty, where we give you the education, tools, and solutions to go from feeling unrewarded to becoming autonomous with three simple concepts to guide us. Identity, self-development, and financial control. All right, and there you have it. I wanna thank you all so much for indulging me in my announcements today. I hope that everyone continues to stay safe and healthy and continue to practice social distancing uh, so that our healthcare workers are not bombarded or overwhelmed with uh, all the patients at this time. So thank you all so much and enjoy this next interview. All right. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with Holding Down the Fort. And I hope you're all doing well today. At the time of this recording, we are in a pandemic with COVID-19. And hopefully this conversation today, amongst the many ones that will be published moving forward, will distract you from what's going on in today's times. But with that said, I'm really excited because every time I get to do another show, it means that I get to interview another incredible person in our military community. So I want you all to get to know Lucy Piper. Lucy is the program manager for the Military Spouse Mentoring Program at ACP, a national nonprofit that assists veterans and military spouses with career readiness through mentorship. She is a New York native, but relocated frequently to follow her husband's nine-year career in the Marine Corps, which took their young family from coast to coast. Like most military families, her career has been diverse by necessity and included roles such as hairstylist, fitness director, military family readiness advisor, and program director at the corporate offices of a health and wellness company. Following her husband's transition from the military back into civilian life, Lucy obtained a master's of social work with a focus on military and veteran families from Stony Brook University. She also holds a bachelor's degree in health and wellness. Lucy now resides in New York with her husband and her three school-aged children and their two pets. Lucy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jen. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it sounds like you are handling a lot with three kids and two pets and the pandemic. <laughs> That's right. It's It's been a whirlwind, to say the least. Yeah, no, absolutely. Why don't we start, Lucy, with you sharing, how did you hear about Holding Down the Fort? And more importantly, what inspired you to join us on our show today? Absolutely. So just a few weeks ago, right before this all happened, literally right before this all started... I had the pleasure of going down to PodFast. I was invited by some people who kind of were in my network and um, went down to Military Creator Con. And there you were, Jen. You were up on one of the panels and I just (laughs) felt so connected to a lot of the truths that you shared up there. I think that there's this group of veteran spouses that kind of just feels unheard a lot of the time. We don't fit in with the active duty spouse community quite as well anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't fit in with the civilian families quite as well anymore. It kind of just leaves us in this limbo. So I was really drawn to you and your message. And that led me to getting on Spotify and following holding down the fort. I mean, it's been, you know, kind of really nice to, to be heard and seen. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that you feel that way. And I'm glad that you are also a veteran spouse because working with my husband and our colleagues, you know, our primary focus, or at least with them, was to work with active duty service members. And so 
I've always felt like I was in this limbo stage as well, because my background too is that I'm a gold star daughter. I was in the military life for about a decade before I lost my dad. And then fast forward 20 years, I meet my husband after his service. And so I'm just kind of like, where do I fit in in all of this? And I definitely had struggled with the imposter syndrome for some time, like even wanting to do the show. But I came to a place where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And if people like it, great. And so I'm glad, Lucy, that you resonated with my story or even my message and that we can connect as veteran spouses. Absolutely. And, you know, when I came down to PodFest, it was because my husband and I had been throwing around this idea of starting our own podcast. And I think that we both, exactly what you said, you really hit the nail on the head. We have that imposter syndrome. Is anybody going to connect with our message? We aren't a military family per se anymore. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like there are so many issues that I think that people can relate, you know, as just a family, as a former military family, as a veteran family, there are so many pieces to it. And so I just really want to thank you for allowing me to see somebody else who's really had success as a veteran spouse, um, being able to connect with people from different walks of life. And so we're working really hard on getting ours up and running now that we feel like there's a community of people who want to listen, who want to be guests, who want to be a part of this. And so thank you. Oh, I have to thank you because, <laughs> because yeah, like for some time I... I do these interviews at home. I don't like see people in person all the time. And with my refurbished MacBook, I can't always turn on video or else the computer freezes. So sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself and there's like a a voice that happens to be on the other side. And so I just want to thank you for acknowledging what I do and making yourself visible to me because it gives me that validation to keep doing what I'm doing. And I am just, I applaud you and your husband for doing podcasting as well. I personally think everyone should do podcasting. I think it's one of the most genuine ways of connecting with people. Like you're forced to listen to people, which I think our society tends to struggle with (laughs) a lot of (laughs) times. And so, yeah, you're forced to listen to people. You're forced to do active listening. And I think it's just a great way to really have build deeper relationships with people. And so thank you for saying all that. And do you know the name of your show yet? Yep. So we just started some of our social media. We are just starting to record, but it is going to be called The Piper Perspective. So we're super excited. You know, definitely jump on Instagram and Facebook and follow us for updates. We'll be getting a mailing subscription put together shortly and get those episodes up and running as soon as possible. Beautiful. I was just saying offline that I like your Instagram name, The Piper Perspective. (laughs) So very cool. I love that. And yeah, I'm just so glad to connect with you and as a fellow veteran spouse and you know, really delve into this and just have a fun conversation with you today. (laughs) Likewise. (laughs) So Lucy, for people that are getting to know you for the first time, why don't you share just a snapshot of your life today, or maybe even like your life before COVID-19 and now currently with COVID-19? Yeah. So as you shared earlier, my husband is now a veteran. We're settling into a new life here. We're both originally from New York City, and we returned to New York City after his service ended. And We both work in social work. My husband works for a veteran service organization where he actually works with those who are food insecure. So he's essential out there. And I work for ACP running their active duty military spouse program. So things have shifted. (laughs) (laughs) Normally the day to day. So we live out in Long Island, but I work right outside of Grand Central. So normally my day starts super early. I wake up at about 5 a.m. I work out before anybody wakes up and then I get ready to go to work. I have to commute into Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So I'm out the door by 7am. 
And I don't walk back in the door until 7 p.m. So wow. uh, we've really done a huge role reversal from military spouse holding down the fort uh, day to day <laughs> while yes. my husband was deployed on field ops, on all of those things, to him being kind of more of the primary has been a really, really big shift. He's doing beautifully. <laughs> I have to give him some <laughs> some super props here because I think it, it was a hard transition for him, probably yeah. harder than me. You know, so that's kind of been our life for a while. And then this all happened. And yeah. Yeah. oh man, <laughs> thank goodness I have that military spells background um, yes. of resiliency and adapting and overcoming because my goodness, New York City is... We're the epicenter. I'm sure everybody's kind of been tuning into the news and seeing kind of the numbers double and triple and quadruple so fast here in New York. My office is literally, we overlook Grand Central. And the days before our office decided to close, which was right before those real stay-at-home orders came out in New York City, Mm -hmm. New York just turned into a ghost town. Really eerie, really reminiscent of those days post 9-11, right after World Trade. So it's been really... It's been really weird. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I was just catching up with my sister who lives in New York City right now, too. And I'm like, are you okay out there? And she's essentially just been like at home for three weeks. Like her job has made her work from home. And fortunately, you know, they're still paying her. And she's like, she's like, I only get like maybe four calls a day and they're still paying me my full salary. And so, you know, thank God that she's like, you know, she's safe and she's with her boyfriend and everything. But I mean, I know that a lot of people are feeling anxious or feeling just, I don't know, unsettled, especially if you're an extrovert. It's like, I want to get out of the house. I want to do something, but I can't do that. And she had mentioned too, like how eerie it feels that, the streets are just really empty. And I mean, I can only imagine like how scared I'd personally be just to like walk around town and be like, oh my gosh, there's no one here. Someone can just yeah. jump out at any time and scare me maybe. <laughs> but no, it's it's interesting to hear from her and also hear it from your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, thank goodness, um, like your sister in a really great organization that has allowed me to work from home. You know, we work on a virtual platform anyway. So mm-hmm. we facilitate mentorships between our transitioning service members, our post 9-11 veterans and our active duty military spouses and facilitate one-on-one virtual mentorships. So we really have been able to take that home with us. And I'm overseeing a program. I'm still putting in my 40 plus hours a week of that kind of work. And also since my husband is essential because, you know, he works in a food pantry. He needs to be out there. He needs to be bringing those meals and that food to veterans across Long Island who are not as lucky as thank goodness him and I have been throughout all Mm -hmm. of this, who don't have those secure, who work hourly or, you know, who haven't had the chance to go remote and virtual right now with their workplaces. So, you know, the other piece of it is that I've been balancing three kids. They are five, nine and 10. Wow. Um, at home with me while I'm locked up in the office, trying to get all of these things, you know, still operating and going. And I'm not complaining. I am so thankful that I get to go to work. You know, not everybody does. But, you know, that's been the other piece of it that's been a little bit more challenging. And I'm sure that lots of other military spouses, but also just moms across America can relate to that. You know, schools are doing their best to try to get their children, you know, learning online. Yeah. That's much easier for my nine and 10 year old to already communicate with their friends online who already understand how, you know, computers and iPads and, you know, Google and all of these things work. 
much more difficult for a five-year-old who really doesn't have much understanding of these things to jump Mm. on board. And how do you, as a kindergarten teacher, like switch to virtual learning? Because kindergarten is so much about socialization and not about, Mm. you know, like those kind of things. So there's, there's so many pieces of this whole thing. It's been absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. And I have to give it to you and just moms in general. I, I, I'm not a mom yet. So every time I hear a mom story, I just, I just throw my hands down. I'm like, you know, I salute you. I praise you because <laughs> I mean, moms are so multifaceted Yeah, and they have to juggle. You have to juggle so much. And so it sounds like that's exactly what's happening right now. But I think the beauty of having that background of a military spouse is that like you've been through this before. Like this exactly. is this is like nothing new in, in a way. And so yep. it sounds like you really have a handle on this, Lucy. I'm trying my best. I won't say I'm an expert or perfect by any means. Let's make that very clear. But I'm trying my best to, you know, continue the work that I set out to do in terms of supporting military spouses and also trying to be the most supportive mom I can be. I just have to remember day to day, it's okay if they miss a lesson or things don't go exactly as planned. You know, they're resilient. They are military brats like you. You know, yes, they grew yes. up uh, having <laughs> having to do that. You know, my middle son was born when my husband was in Afghanistan. This is these kind of things are not new to us as a family. They are, but they aren't, if that makes sense. Right, you know, right. the situation, of course, is different, but having to just learn how to overcome it and come out better on the other side, that's not something that we're not familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have friends who are, you know, event coordinators or in the restaurant industry, and I see how this pandemic has really affected them. But the one set or community of people I wasn't worried about was the military community, because I just thought, like, they've been through this, like, we've been through this, like, we we know what it I mean, obviously, in a different fashion, but, you know, like, we know what it's like to adapt, we know what it's like to, you know, just start over or, you know, switch up your schedule or adjust things. And so I felt like I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to have a problem to keep doing the show because I'm sure they'll still be available. And they'll still, you know, like it's like not much has necessarily changed for us um, in regards to the things that we have to like adapt to or adjust to because it's just the life that we know. (laughs) Agreed. hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. So before we get into ACP and what you do with the Military Spouse Mentorship Program, Mm -hmm. I was actually just especially interested in you talking about like your background in social work with you and your husband. And it sounds like it's something that you two really enjoy doing. Does that sound about right? Absolutely. So my husband's kind of joining on board a little later in this process. (laughs) He just switched to a major in social work and he's getting his BSW now because I think that we both felt really disconnected from our military community in some way and and wanted to make sure that we were doing our best to to get re-engaged and to help. You know, that started for me really a long time ago. So you kind of read um, my background and I think it's similar to a lot of military spouse out there. It's very varied, lots of different roles. The one constant, and I know that it's hard to kind of ascertain this from the different roles that I had when you read them out, But the one thing that was similar about all of them from hairstylist to family readiness advisor was that piece of being social, Mm. helping people in some kind of way, making those connections, whether it was, you know, doing somebody's hair while they're talking about what's going on in their lives to, you know, really working one-on-one with military families, that was the common thread. And that's the thing that I loved the most. And while I enjoyed working in a fitness setting and in nutrition, there was that sales side of it that I despised, Mm -hmm. but there was that helping piece that really lit my fire. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's what really drew me to social work. And that's why when he suddenly, um, he was, you know, he was a careerist until he suddenly wasn't anymore. And that's not an uncommon thing for a lot of veterans to experience. You know, things mm-hmm. happen that you can't control. I won't tell his whole story because it's his to tell, but yeah. things changed for us as a family. And so we all had to adjust on the fly. And so I think that he really felt like, I have no idea what I want to be other than a Marine. That's what Mm -hmm. I intended to do for, you know, the rest of my career. And, you know, so that led to a lot of shifts and a lot of changes. So I jumped into social work first. As soon as he was planning to get out, I applied to school and I got accepted. And I started my master's in social work because I already had a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. and focused on military and veteran families throughout my two-year program. I interned in homeless veteran services first and then shifted gears to where I was interning at the VA on a military sexual trauma unit. And I loved both in different ways, but neither of them were exactly where I saw myself long-term. While I loved working on a military sexual trauma unit because it's, it's just beautiful, dark, difficult. It's just, there's nothing, I don't know that there are words that can describe experiencing that kind of work, trauma survivor. I just couldn't see myself doing it right now. I would love to circle back to that later in life when I've got more of myself to give, but I have three little kids um, who are adjusting to leaving their military community behind, who are adjusting to reacclimating to civilian life for them. They grew up on military bases. This is all very new to them. I realized as we came back to New York, they started saying things where I really had to say, wow, I didn't realize how deeply that impacted their view of the world growing up Mm. on such a small, isolated base and, you know, going to school on base and (laughs) going to the commissary and like all of those things. Their world was so small, you know, that's all they knew. Mm. So I needed to make sure that I was doing right by them. And so that meant having to kind of step back from a more clinical setting for the time being and reassessing where I fit into the world. And and that brought me to ACP and in this role, which I'm just so connected to, you know, my my husband had a different journey. You know, he was like a lot of Marines coming out like, okay, what's transferable? He, um, yeah. he shot stinger missiles as a primary MOS and that's not transferable at all. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a thing. He's like, yeah, so this is what I did in my, you know, my military life. I think I could apply that at a admin desk job, maybe. <laughs> right. So he did, he did what all, you know, not all, but, but a lot of veterans do like, all right, how do I translate that? You know, logistics, operations, admin, yeah. you know, th- those kind of things that I've done security because he was his secondary was security forces. Like he started kind of throwing those all around and went back to school and switched majors and switched majors and switched majors, <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to fill it out, which I'm proud of him yeah. that he was able to, you know, he didn't just say like, well, I'm already invested in this. Let's go for it. You know, he's really yeah, trying. He, to- gave, he gave himself a chance. He's like, I'm just going to explore everything and anything until something feels like it's sticking with me. Exactly. And he should. He's using the GI Bill in the way that I think that it should be used to figure out what's next. Mm. And eventually he ended up working for the same organization that I interned for in my first year of my master's degree, kind of as a getting some extra money into the house, having some kind of sense of like, all right, I own something too. I'm not just a student. I think he needed something where he felt like he was contributing and he was doing something, you know, with his time. And, and 
uh, that's kind of it. the story wrote itself. I think he just he started working with veterans who were homeless or an eminent risk of homelessness and realized I can help other veterans in ways that I didn't think were going to be so impactful. Yeah. And I kind of just grew this love for social work for him. And so, you know, it's been interesting now we're doing it together. And I just I didn't think that was going to happen. But it's like it's been beautiful. Like now we, yeah. we put together an office and we have our podcasting space and we both work and, you know, in social services in some way and connected to veteran and military families. And like, it's like, finally feels like, all right, I think that we've established where we belong in the civilian world, but still connected to, you know, our military family. Cause I think that that's something that, that never goes away. It's just, yeah. it, it's like ingrained in my heart. It's like part of who I am forever. Yeah, absolutely. I think part of the struggle for a lot of veterans or post-military families is finding that new identity in civilian life. But it sounds like you both, uh, first of all, I think it's so beautiful and cute that you you both are in the same industry now and you're doing social work together <laughs> and you're working together and you're, you know, you're going to do a podcast together. It, it's so beautiful how your lives have changed. And I hope that for our listeners that they can see that in themselves, hopefully, and see that there's hope after in post-military life that, you know, you could find a new career, you could find a new passion. And who knows, maybe you could do it with your spouse. You just never mm-hmm. know. And you and your husband are a prime example of that. And I think that's really beautiful. And yeah, as I was saying, it is interesting. I think most people feel like they have to have a completely new identity. But, you know, the military life, that military experience, that military background, like never leaves you. And as I mentioned, again, I think it's awesome that you two have found that balance. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a journey. He's coming up on three years out. So it definitely wasn't an overnight thing. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and that's one of the things we really want to talk about in our podcast a little bit more deeply. So because I'm sure that there are other people, I'm sure that you and I are not the only ones who feel like, where do I fit? And yeah. who am I now? You know, I think that being a military family was so tied into our entire family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's nice to be able to have an outlet to get out those you know, deep, dark secrets that you feel like we're we're the only ones who've ever felt like this. And I'm sure that that's not true, you know? So it's just beautiful that there is a place to connect and to be heard and just be able to, to let it out somewhere. And I just think that there's no better opportunity to share these stories than today's times with podcasting, like how easy it is to start podcasting and how many resources are available for it today. And I just think it's also beautiful that you and your husband are willing to, you know, bring out the skeletons in the closet (laughs) in a sense, because, you know, I think in general in society, we kind of perceive everyone a certain way and we assume that assume life has to be a certain way. But the one thing that we don't always talk about really is like mental health or what really happens behind the scenes. And because of that, a lot of people can feel lonely or they feel like they have to put on a certain face or hold themselves a certain way. And so to have more stories out there, I think for me, it really gives people permission to be human and to say, yeah, I made these mistakes. I'm still making mistakes. I'm not perfect. But hopefully my story will encourage you to not be so perfect or to be comfortable in whatever skeletons you have in your closet and, and understand that it's it's okay. I'm not saying that that's all you're going to share on your show, but, 
<laughs> but just being able to share like your experience on military life and whatever you and your husband choose to share on the show. I heard this before. Some people are worried when they start a show, they think like, oh, who's going to listen? No one's going to listen. But someone said this really well. They said that if you can change one person's life by sharing your story, then like you've done a good job. And that's all I care about with the show is that if I can have one person listen to it and they feel like they're able to walk away with something that they can add to their lives and, you know, be better than like I've done my job and I feel fulfilled. So, so yeah, that's all I got to say about that. A hundred percent. I think that I subscribe to that kind of in all areas of my life. That's how I feel about, you know, my full-time job. That's how I feel about our kind of side gig now. If it touches one person, if it makes them feel more connected or resonates with them or, or helps them find something better for themselves, then that's it. I've done my job. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, Lucy, why don't we let's go ahead and jump into the military spouse mentorship program. And I know right now you are a program manager there. Mm -hmm. um, why don't you share a little bit about what that role means and how you help military spouses and military families and veterans with mentorship? Absolutely. So ACP has actually been around since 2008. It is a one-on-one, -on -one, 12-month-long mentorship program. Originally, it was just for our transitioning service members and our post-9-11 veterans. And it's worked so beautifully. At this point, we have over 17,000 alumni who have gone through our program and, and wow. share that it's been an impactful experience for them professionally. We're not a jobs placement program. Really, what our goal is, it's kind of premised on a big brother, big sister model where we pair those veterans with a corporate mentor usually, and they connect virtually. So, you know, they're all across the nation or all across the world, even they connect for, you know, monthly meetings and it's fully customizable. So they decide what their specific goals are and work with those mentors. You know, it may be working on their LinkedIn presence or their resume or interviewing skills or building a network outside of the military or whatever that looks like. So that program has really grown exponentially over the years. And so about 18 months ago, ACP decided we can do more. We have this great network. We've become experts at facilitating these mentorships. We're seeing, you know, people really have these beautiful, beneficial experiences. What else can we do? And, and clearly this program can't necessarily help our active duty service members who intend to stay in for another 10 plus years because building a network right now may not be the best thing. They may not have the bandwidth to do something like that. Mm -hmm. So we kind of ended up on is that we can provide a support system for our active duty military spouses premised on that original program, but meeting the needs of military spouses, because we certainly know that military spouses are not veterans by any means. Right. They don't have the same needs on um, our active duty spouses. They are not um, back at their home of record or wherever they've decided to settle down. Um, they are still living that transient lifestyle. They are still, you know, holding down the fort. Yes. <laughs> they are <laughs> putting out fires left and right at home. But that doesn't mean that they don't want to have their own you know, career, they don't want to be engaged in professional development, you know, they do, yeah. but not all of them have the resources to do that. A lot of them struggle with what I struggled with for a long time. You know, how do you leverage volunteerism? How do you talk about gaps in your resume? Who's going to care if I want to get a job and who's going to give me that opportunity when they know that I might be moving, right. you know, down the road and all of these things. And so that's led me into this role where I now help manage the program, you know, the day-to-day -day of, you know, 
working with other nonprofit organizations, um, working with military installations, uh, working with influencers like you (laughs) uh, to get the word out to make sure that military spouses know that this program is available to them and that we're here to support them because really at the end of the day, that's really what we want to do. I love it. And I'm glad that you're actively going out there to create awareness for this. It's interesting because for me personally, I didn't even know that I was considered a gold star daughter until a couple of years ago. I didn't know it was a phrase. I had no idea. I was far removed from the military. I didn't know if there was any resources available to me. I always saw like, at least from my husband's perspective, who's a veteran, Mm -hmm. you know, you see all these nonprofits for him. You know, they have back in San Diego, there was this nonprofit for free dog training for veterans that own dogs. You know, it just all these things for veterans where for me, I felt like, oh, you know, I didn't even count myself. You know, I I didn't qualify myself to even think that I or I was qualified for any kind of support. Mm -hmm. And one thing I love about doing this show is that I get to discover all these resources. And that's why I do this show. I guess selfishly, it's for me, but too, it's for the <laughs> listeners who are really left in the dark. And as we know, it's it's common knowledge that every time a family PCSs, like the military spouse has to establish a new normal. And it's like a scavenger hunt every time, <laughs> every time yep. they move. Like, what resources am I going to have? Like, what, what can I have for my kids? What can I have for myself? And so it's really important that when you know that you have a good thing, especially the military spouse mentorship program at ACP, knowing that you can provide this service, like you do have to actively go out there and promote it. There's this nonprofit that I hope to have on my show soon, but they actually provide a free life coaching for veterans and military families and gold star families. I love and that. It's re- Yeah, it's really cool. I have a coach right now. (laughs) So I might have him on the show one day. So stay tuned for that later. But oh, I will. I I love it. Yeah, yeah. But my, my point in all this is that, you know, no matter what stage you're in, in the military, I had some military spouses who were not married yet who mm-hmm. didn't qualify themselves as part of the military family. They're like, oh, I don't want to share my story on the show because I'm not married yet, you know? But the truth is that everyone, there's so many different walks of life around the military life. And even if you are dating someone, you know, to being career military, to being active duty military spouse, to a veteran spouse, there's a resource for you because we cannot undervalue the sacrifices that we make, even if we as military spouses are not in the front lines, like we make sacrifices too. The kids make sacrifices too. And this show is really about highlighting all the programs and the people and the community that is acknowledging the sacrifices that military spouses and families have gone through. So I just want to thank you for actively reaching out to be on the show because I can only imagine that. I mean, I mean, 17,000 alumni. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. And and tell me for people that are like oh my gosh I could I could totally use this yeah. what, what's the process like for them to even get started? It's really super easy. You know, I, I just want to stress that for our military spouses out there, you know, I know from my experience. For a long time, I had that feeling of like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> I have no idea yeah. what I want to do. So I don't want you to count yourself out because I think, again, that imposter syndrome in the military spouse community especially is so strong. Yeah. We're used to being, you know, it's the needs of the core, the needs of the army. It's, you know, you're that's what comes first and you come last. So I just want to stress whether you're considering a new career or starting a small business or you've recently moved locations and you don't know what to do or you want, you know, career coaching or any kind of professional development, help with kind of what would be next steps in terms of education, whatever it is, 
we have mentors who are here to offer their assistance. So please don't shy away from applying just because you don't have all the answers. We don't either. (laughs) All of the time, I certainly didn't. But Sometimes it takes a sounding board, a cheerleader, you know, an unbiased person to be able to help walk you through these steps Mm -hmm. to figure out what is next. So let us do that for you. Let us do that heavy lifting and and help get you in touch with somebody. You know, our mentors for the spouse program are a little bit different than the mentors for our veteran program because we know that the needs are different. So we've got, you know, we've got career coaches. We've got people in education settings and healthcare settings and helping professions and, you know, all different walks of life who are there. So definitely apply. It's super easy. All you have to do is jump on our website acp-usa.org. And then you're going to scroll down and apply as a military spouse. The application itself is super simple. Um, Don't worry about putting in every single detail because we are very high touch as an organization. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got, we're a small nonprofit here in New York City, but we've got a lot of heart and we really put our all into it. So I've got about 50 colleagues who work alongside me. And so, you know, once you put in your application with just basic information, don't go crazy on it. We're going to give you a call to schedule a one-on-one phone call to get to know you so that we can understand what are your needs? What are your wants? What type of mentor preferences do you have? All of these things will help you build out kind of a profile to make sure that we're identifying the perfect mentor for you. We don't have any programs or algorithms that's going to spit out the perfect person for you. We use human intuition. We use your feedback to make sure that you're on board so we don't automatically assign anybody. You're really in the driver's seat because this is for you. This is free and 100% for you. Beautiful. And I hope that our listeners, uh, I hope their ears perked up when they heard free. (laughs) I got to make sure that I throw that in um, because I feel like if I were listening, I realized up until that point, like I would just be waiting for the catch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I felt like that was a good place to throw that in. You know, the spouse program here is funded fully by grants. Our mentors are all volunteers who want to give back to military spouses. So we will never, ever reach in your pocket. We'll never ask you for a cent. That's not what we're here for. We're here to make sure that you're having a beneficial experience, that you are getting the type of supports that you need to make sure that you are on your path towards meaningful employment, because that's another piece for us and military spouses in general is, you know, unemployment rates. Well, now they're climbing again. So we're definitely going to see a shift in trends. Up until recently, unemployment rates were really low. Military spouse unemployment was obviously higher. Um, just because of, again, all the obstacles we discussed before, but that underemployment, that's where we see the biggest need. It's hard to maintain a real career and have that upward mobility, you know, to be able to continue to grow um, as a professional when you don't have the ability to stay necessarily within a company for a long amount of time. Um, so I think that a lot of spouses are really overly educated. <laughs> they brought, they yeah. have tons of experience, you know, and really wonderful backgrounds, but they just continue to be put in roles that they're overqualified for. And, and so they really are underemployed in a lot of ways. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing all of that, Lucy. And to me, it sounds like the only reason why you wouldn't apply for this is because you think that you don't deserve it, or you think that maybe you're afraid to ask for help. And I mean, just with you describing, Lucy, like how high touch your organization is, I would just recommend to our listeners to just apply, like just do it especially if you don't know what you want. And especially Mm -hmm. if you have a lot of time on your hands right now. Although I do know that with all the kids being home, you probably have a full plate. (laughs) But if, you know, even so, like Lucy said, the process is so easy to apply. They're very high touch. They care. These are volunteers who do it because they care. And really, it's just up to you to just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Just do it. Yeah. (laughs) And I know, and you're right, we are all busy and we've all got crazy schedules now. It's one hour per month for a year. So, you know, I think that we all can find some time for ourselves. I don't think that it's crazy for me to be like, all right, I'm going to put aside a one hour block once per month to just focus on myself to figure out, you know, either what I want to do or how do I advance in my current career field or, um, you know, whatever your specific goals, how do I, you know, start a small business or grow my small business, you know, all of these things, it's one hour per month. And um, what's the saying, you know, when you're on an airplane and you, oh, the mask. oxygen mask, if yeah, you're not yeah. putting on your own oxygen mask, how are you helping everybody else, right? You yes. need to take care of yourself. So this is my social worker plug for self-care. Yes. <laughs> uh, take care of yourself. Do something for yourself. That was something if I could like go back in time and say to myself as a young military spouse is like, do something for you once in a while. You don't have to be everything for everybody all the time, Lucy. You're allowed to be an individual too. Take the time to do something for yourself. One hour per month is not a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we we know that with military spouses, they tend to put everyone else first, or even women in general, I think we tend Mm -hmm. to put everyone else first. And just a good reminder that when you do put yourself first, you can add more value to the people in your life, you can be more productive, you can be more present with them, because you can't, you know, fill up someone else's cup if your cup is empty. And that's what self care does, it helps fill up your cup so that you can pour in other people's cups. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the last question I had for you, Lucy, is obviously, I could tell you're very passionate about (laughs) what you do. And I imagine that you have spoken to countless of people, you know, just individuals in our military community. What do you enjoy the most when it comes to being a program manager for the Military Spouse Mentorship Program? It's definitely those connections, building connections with military spouses, following them through their journey. So again, like I said, we're super high touch. So once we get you paired with a mentor, that's not the end of us. <laughs> we mm-hmm. check in with our mentors and our military spouses um, once a month to see how everything is going to supply, you know, customized resources. And that's what fills my cup the most. And that's what I enjoy the most is reaching out and hearing their stories, watching them grow in their own professional development, watching these beautiful relationships unfold. I mean, some of these relationships have turned into like really great friendships outside of just the mentorship program. We've had on the veteran side, the military spouse side is young, so we don't have quite as many huge success stories yet in the same way. We've had like veteran pairs who have been the best man in each other's weddings because of the kind of relationships that they've built. I'm not saying that that won't happen in the military spouse program. And there have been some beautiful success stories already, but like that's the one that, that always comes to mind for me is just like how much more could you honor somebody than to include them in in one of the biggest days of your life, right? 
Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, That's my favorite by far is, you know, just watching these beautiful relationships bloom and just being able to kind of be a fly on the wall because our job isn't to be part of that relationship. It's just to facilitate it. So we get to see all of those beautiful moments happen. And, you know, when you get a military spouse who came in saying like, I have no idea what I want to do. And I just can't even imagine that I could have any kind of real career based on all the things that are happening. And then a few months later say, I'm in the role that I thought I could never have. I'm with a company that I thought would never give me a second look. Or, you know, my mentor has helped me become more confident and speak more confidently about being a military spouse and not walk into an interview ashamed and hiding who I am. I know exactly how to address that now. Those are the things that just, I mean, could you do anything better with your life than, than, yeah. than be able to be part of that? Like that's, I mean, that's what brought me into social work. And that's what brought me to ACP is, is being able to just witness that all. Well, awesome, Lucy. That sounds so satisfying to witness someone just have that mental shift that anything is possible or like what they thought they couldn't attain, they were able to attain it. And to be involved with that, I can only imagine like, yeah, it makes sense why you do what you do. And it sounds like you you really do love what you do. And and I applaud you for the work that you do. And I'm so glad that you were able to join me today to talk more about ACP and the Military Spouse Mentorship Program. So with that said, Lucy, I think we had a really incredible conversation today. And I can only imagine that there are some people who may want to reach out to you. So we had mentioned the website. Mm -hmm. uh, But for people, if they do want to get a hold of you directly, how do they do that? There are tons of ways. Please reach out to me. I love speaking with people. I will <laughs> I will jump on the phone with you. I will coordinate a Zoom call if that works better for you. Just reach out to me. LinkedIn is probably one of the easiest ways to get a hold of me. So um, my name there is Lucy Piper MSW. So please definitely connect with me, message me. You can email me directly at my work email, which is lpiper, that's L as in Lucy, P-I-P-E-R at acp-usa.org. Or again, small plug, if you want to connect with us on Facebook or on our Instagram for at the Piper Perspective, that's the name on both of them. You can absolutely connect with me there as well. I am probably to a fault on my phone and plugged in like all the time. (laughs) Um, So if you reach out to me on any of those platforms, I will get back to you probably faster than you expected. I love it. It's so funny because um, sometimes people are like, oh, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Jen? Should I like Facebook message you? Should I text you? Like, which one's faster? And I was like, I get all the notifications. So yep. like any of them, <laughs> any yeah. of them is fine. Yeah. Awesome. And then to our listeners, if you didn't catch that, don't worry. I'll have that in the show notes as always. You're welcome. With that said, Lucy, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners before we go? I just, again, want to stress, I am always here, whether it is as a sounding board, a friend, um, if you need somebody to talk to, if any of this resonated with you and you just want to say hi, please connect with me. I <laughs> I live, breathe, eat, sleep, <laughs> this stuff. It's who I am and will continue to be. So I just want to thank you, Jen, for, again, being such a beautiful voice for our community, for having the courage and the confidence to start something like holding down the fort and be here to just allow us a space to, again, like get information on resources and everything. You're just, you're just wonderful. I can't say that enough. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's always great to hear that. You can never get enough of that. So thank you. I, I, I receive that. I accept it. I internalize it. Thank you. I will repeat it when I edit the show. It's going to be great. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, with that said to our listeners, thank you all so much for listening. We hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. With that said, we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye, guys. Hope to connect with you all soon.